Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From the Jeff Rose Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday buy 10 wings, get 10 wings free. This is Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Look, I like a little Southern rap. Leonard Skinner pops up every once in a while as you're going through the songs. I'm fine with it. But this song, it's not about Leonard Skinner for me. It's about the place I was just last week, Alabama, and our next guest. He is Bama Bob. He is our college football insider. Love talking with Bama. Bama, I was in your fine state just a week ago. I am back here in Iowa. Happy to be home, but I'll tell you, hanging out in Gulf Shores and Orange Beach, you guys got something nice down there. They call it the Redneck Riviera, and boy, I fit right in. Yeah, well, I was about to say, Trent, uh, I was uh, starting to get a little disappointed you were here and didn't come by, but you were uh, you were down enjoying the lovely Gulf Coast, and yes, we do have, um, it, it is kind of a well-kept secret, not, I don't know how well-kept, but mm-hmm. yeah, you, you could do, you could find worse beaches than Gulf Shores, over to Pensacola, where I come from, Destin, Panama City, really, the, they call it the Emerald Coast. Uh, you mentioned Regnet Riviera, that's another nickname, and you know, we're <laughs> proud of that. Uh, we live up to it. Yeah, we take it seriously. So, uh, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's some good living down there. It really is. I really enjoyed it, and it's a place that I definitely go back to too. It's it doesn't break the bank. It's nothing crazy. We took the kids, right. and we stayed at one of those uh, resorts right there on the water. We had pools mm-hmm. for the kids. They enjoyed it. It was it was a lot of fun. And it's if you're thinking for a family vacation, it's something that isn't going to be ridiculous. We did Hawaii last year. That that one was pricey. This one. A little bit more yeah. affordable, and it was a it was a really fun trip down there. You guys have a pretty good. You think of Alabama, at least I think a lot of us Northerners. It's not exactly what you're thinking about, right? Exactly. You know, next time you're down, let me know. I'll hook you up with some places to go eat and everything. But you're right. Uh, there's something for everybody. You know, if you want a spring break uh, environment, mm-hmm. you can find it. If you want a family environment, you can find it. Um, if you want to, you know, deep sea fish or just relax on the beach and, you know, chill and do nothing, which is kind of my preferred, uh, method when I'm down there, um, you can do that as well. So yeah, good for you. I'm glad, I mean, I'm glad to hear that. I didn't know it's your first time down, but yeah, next time you're down, let me know. And, uh, any of the listeners, I can hook you up with some places to go eat and get some great seafood. I most definitely will. We'll do that. And if you're heading down there at Bama Bob on Twitter, you can hit them up there and Bama's always quick to reply. Well, Bama last night, it becomes official and even more official today with the report from John O'Ran as we get back into college sports on what's happening with the Big Ten. And the report from today that ESPN is out now with negotiations with the mm-hmm. Big Ten. It's something that, as we've talked about, the media rights and the money that's going to be coming in for the Big Ten. One thing that Ken and I have always gone back and forth about is how important is it 
to have ESPN be a part of this package, the importance of having the worldwide leader, somebody that covers college sports like nobody else, to have your foot in the door in some realm. I always thought it was somewhat important. Other people have said that maybe I've overstated how important it is. How do you look at it, knowing that you're coming at it from an SEC perspective and them and ESPN now, I mean, they're as tightly wound as you can find. How important did you think it was for the Big Ten to have ESPN at least be part of this package, something that's not going to happen now? Well, I think this is a great move for the Big Ten. If what I'm reading is is correct, and and here's why, because it sounds like there's three broadcast partners, from what I can tell. Mm -hmm. There's Fox, CBS, and NBC. And from what I'm looking at or reading, and you know, and you won't really know until it becomes official. The the plan would be, you know, a Fox, the big noon Saturday, you know, which they've had for a couple of years, and then they're going to slide into the old SEC three thirty at CBS two thirty our time, and then probably a, a night game on NBC. That's something ESPN can't offer them. You know, that's just three almost exclusive windows on three major networks. Now, you know, the whole hopping around thing is 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 one thing. Uh, you know, you try to find, you know, what what do you what what game do you want and where is it? But those are those are, you know, you're not looking on ESPNU for a Big right. Ten game. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's a, at least you know for for the big schools. Uh, you know, there's still some questions that I think. Um, you know, who chooses the matchups? Does Fox get the first game every week? Does CBS get the second one? Does NBC get the third one? Um, but it's still about matchups. Let's face it. I mean, there, there's there's always going to be uh, Big Ten loyalists and and you know schools that are going to you know teams are going to follow their school no matter where they are. I think it's going to be better exposure for some you know second tier Big Ten teams. You know, Purdue, uh, Wisconsin. Uh, who knows, you know, maybe Rutgers or whatever, if they're good or, you know, that type of thing. Um, but I just, I think ESPN is important, but you're right. I mean, they, they have, they have just tied themselves to the SEC, even more so now with Texas and Oklahoma coming in. I think USC, UCLA just drove the marketing rights up. And, and I've seen all these tweets as they're kind of, you know, just, I don't know if they're uninformed or clickbait or whatever. Well, you know, look, the SEC is only getting $55 million a year from CBS. And look what the Big Ten is going to get. And well, to that, that's a 10-year-old media rights deal. The, the SEC is not going to be hurting for money, you know, on their new media rights deal. But I think it's a good thing if it is structured the way that we think it's going to. And that is, it is across three networks. Um, I think the Big Ten is still going to be on there probably with some of these cross you know, section or, you know, cross-conference games. And let's face it, we're getting more and more of those as the conferences grow bigger and bigger. Um, the Big 12, I think, hurt a little bit in this. I think the Pac-12, it kind of looks like maybe they're going to be kind of the, the Pac-12 at night or the, the primetime package somewhere else. But I think it's a good thing. I'm just – I'm interested to see how the games if, – if we get these three tiers, you know, Fox, CBS, NBC – um, it'll be a lead-in, if you will. I've seen some stuff uh, from Dennis Dodd, and they talked about the shouldering games, you know, for Notre Dame, and as their rights package comes up, because they usually play the, you know, an afternoon game on on NBC. So now is is the Big Ten kind of competing against themselves on NBC <laughs> a little bit, you know what I mean? Because the Notre Dame, NBC is a partner, but now they have Notre Dame opposite the CBS game. So it's it's all going to be real interesting. I think it's a good move for the for the 
for the Big Ten. I don't would it if they could get this if they could get the same deal. I think it, I'll put it this way: if they could get the same deal that the SEC has with ESPN, I think they take it, but they can't, and they know it, and so they're just going to make a clean break, and they're just going to go. They're saying to everybody else, "Fine, ESPN, you take the SEC, ACC, whoever else you want. We've got these other three networks kind of locked up, and we're going to get our our prime spots in you know on the noon three thirty and a prime time game." One of the things that I knew about Bama, we've talked about this, I know before, is CBS, that 230 window that they have had now for a couple of decades, mm-hmm. and just how big that has become as the SEC has continued to ascend forward as the football brand that they have throughout the 2000s. And they paid $55 million a year for that game. A single game a week, $55 million a year. People inside of sports media always said just what a great deal that was for CBS. Now, CBS, not for the number one game that they had in the past with the SEC, for the number two or maybe even number three game weekly, are going to spend $350 million to the Big Ten. Boy, it's a good time to be in live sports, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And listen, and that's what I'm saying. You know, if if CBS would have kept the package, that's the number they were going to be looking at. I mean, let's face it. I mean, you know, that that $55 million, and I think that was a 10- or 12-year deal or whatever it was, and... I guess there was no renegotiating window, and you know, listen, I'm not a media rights expert. I'm not a, you've never negotiated that or anything, <laughs> but, but that's a steal. Okay. I mean, yes. you, I mean, I, I can't imagine how much CBS was making on that because you, you know, the, the revenue, the ad revenue for itself for, for one of those, you know, take an Alabama LSU game or Alabama A&M or, you know, Georgia, Florida, whoever, you know, whatever matchup you want in that 230 spot, uh, you know, more often than not, you're going to have a, you know, a lot of times you have a top five matchup. And, you know, we can get into the whole, you know, SEC's overrated kind of thing. You know, that's a different debate. But the bottom line is they have marquee programs that move the needle nationally, not just regionally, and it's nationally, and that's the big thing. And the, and the Big Ten has added another one. I'm not going to say they've added two because I don't think UCLA is quite at that tier, but they have four of the biggest brands now, in my opinion, in college football in Ohio State. Um, Michigan, Penn State, and USC. And right under that, if you want to add Nebraska, uh, if you want to add Wisconsin, yep. if you want to add Iowa, UCLA. I mean, Michigan those are, State. Those are Michigan State. Those are nine pretty good, nine or ten really good teams. And then, you know, every conference has their Vanderbilt to the world. Yes. So I just think it's um, – I think it's a – look, those meteorites are going to go up exponentially. It's just going to be a big shift. I mean, and – Look, if 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 the SEC is not going to be on CBS, then ABC and ESPN is the the logical thing. They've got their own, you know, their SEC network. I wonder how this is going to affect the Big Ten network because now, if you're going to have games across three windows, what's the Big Ten network going to be left with? It's going to be left with you know Purdue and you know Indiana or who. That's what they have right now. You know? Those, those yeah, are the games it, that they have at this point. Yeah, and you know, so I don't think Ohio State's going to be on the Big Ten Network very often because they'll be on one of those yeah. other three. You know, same with Michigan. Uh, so you know, your your games are going to be at different times, but uh, you know, your your Ohio States and your Michigans and your UC, USC's of the world. Um, you know, now you know, hopefully USC won't be for their sake won't be on a bunch of you know big noon games because right. that's about nine a.m. their time. Certainly, they won't have any home games out there, but. It's it's interesting, Trent. Listen, you know this. We're just barreling toward two mega conferences. Yep. I mean, that's basically what it boils down to. And 
you know, the Pac-12 and the ACC and the, uh, you know, the Big 12 and all those, you know, the, the, the other three are going to get caught up in some kind of mergers, um, you know, realignments, whatever. And we're going to have, I don't know, a couple of 20 team conferences at some point. And I think these media rights deals are just kind of lining up that way. So, uh, again, I think it's good for the S for the, for the Big 10. I mean, yes, it helps being on ESPN. They are the, they are wrecking. When you think sports, you think ESPN. I mean, that's all you think of when you think of ESPN. Um, but this is, I think this is a really good deal by Kevin Warren. And, and I mean, he's, I mean, he's getting it done. I mean, there's no question about it. You can say what you want about the guy. He's taken a lot of criticism over the COVID year and everything else. But man, he, uh, he's getting it done. And, uh, that, they're just going to be a wash in money. It's wild. And, you know, this is also good news with ESPN not being part of this package. This is good news for the Big 12. You know, looking at it from our local front, a lot right. of conversation. This is a good thing because, ESPN, even with all the SEC that they have, they still need inventory, and it can't just be constant. Yeah, you get the Alabama and the Georgia games, but how many times can we watch South Carolina Mizzou? Right, exactly, exactly. And you know, Iowa always plays Iowa. Or Iowa State always plays Iowa. So you know, Iowa's going to be on one of those. You know, when it's an Iowa home game, you know, Iowa State will be on. Uh, you know, one of those primetime games or you know, big spots. I think. Uh, I doubt that game spills over to the Big Ten Network much, but um, uh, you know we'll see coming going forward. But you're right. I mean, you know, Kansas is of the world. Um, you know, what's really left, I guess, in the Big Twelve once Oklahoma and Texas leave? We got another year of this, and, mm-hmm. and then they're in the S- in, in the SEC. So we'll see where the Big Twelve goes from this. I know they're adding some teams. You know, does BYU, UCF, do those teams really move the needle? Houston, uh, I don't know. I doubt not not that much, not as much as these other groups do. So they're all kind of fighting for scraps at this point. Uh, for the leftovers, and you're just going to see a bigger. You know, we we've got the Power Five, and then the Group of Five right now. You're you're gonna you're gonna wind up with uh, you know caught what you want the the big two, and then the next three, and then you know whoever else is left over. That's that's where we're headed. We all see it. Uh, I don't like it. It just changes everything. Really, even within the last decade, it's not just from when I grew up and uh, what I was used to. That's that that has changed over the last twenty years. Well, now over the last five years. And then the next five years, it's all going to change radically. And, you know, the, the TV rights deals and the NIL and, and all this other kind of thing, it's just, it's just changed the game forever. And uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. But I, I like it. I just want to see big matchups. That's what I want to see. I want to see big games. Um, and we'll, it's going to be very interesting to see, uh, you know, ratings wars, if you will, ESPN versus, uh, you know, and all, let's face it, all these are over-the-air networks. And I think most there's there's still a lot of people who don't have cable. I know everybody thinks that, you know, everybody in the free world has cable. That's not the case. Uh, so these are still over-the-air networks, and uh, we'll see where the ratings go with them. But, it, again, it, to me, it all just comes down to matchups. It's all going to be what's the better matchup. If you've got, you know, Georgia and Florida, and Florida's really good against uh, Ohio State and Michigan State, uh, you know, if Michigan State's not very good, well, yeah. you know, your Ohio State fans are going to watch Ohio State, but then, you know, the casual fan's going to drift, and vice versa. You know, if you've got Alabama and uh, Tennessee, and, you know, Tennessee's sitting there at three and six, well, you can promote that all you want, but if you've got a better Big Ten game on a network, that's where the fans are going to go. It's uh, going to be fun, and we got a lot to get to before that, though. This is going into effect after 2023. So, yep. we actually have a football season in front of us. Bama. It is Alabama 1, Ohio State 2, Georgia 3 in the coaches poll. 
you look at anybody's four playoff teams, have you found one person that doesn't have those three teams in there? No, not yeah. not not with any credibility. No. Right, right. I mean, it, it, you know, the Alabama Georgia thing is always the debate because you got four of them, and they're just assuming they're both going to get to the to the title game undefeated. Um, and they might. Uh, I think I we Ken and I talked a couple, you know last week. Alabama's got a you know a, not an easy schedule. You put it that way. Um, there's some games on there that if they trip up, they're going to have to win. So. Uh, is a two-loss team going to get in or not? But yeah, you know, Ohio State I think is almost a lock for it. I don't. Georgia is probably a bigger lock um, because I can't see Georgia losing a game. I mean, I just look at their schedule. I don't. I do not see a loss, and I know they lost a ton on defense. I get it, mm-hmm. but I do not see a loss on that schedule until a potential SEC championship game. And you know that. Just like Alabama last year, they're going to get in if they if they lost. You know, they got they lost last year and got in and won it all. So I think that's the case. But you know, that number four team is going to be interesting, Trent. And it, I mean, it really is. And I don't know how good Clemson is. Notre Dame with a new coach, Michigan. I'm not a believer in. They don't have a quarterback. And, you know, they've got two in my book. That means you have none. A uh, and M, Utah, Oklahoma. You start going down the list, and you start finding warts on a lot of those teams. So that fourth spot is really going to be interesting. And maybe there's two extra spots. Again, if Alabama were to lose and and then drop a game to to Georgia in the SEC mm-hmm. championship, I don't know they're going to get in with two losses. So I think there's at least one spot that's wide open and possibly two. That's uh, the big part of it. Overrated. Texas getting a first place vote. Who was that? <laughs> Who? Because I don't know. Sark's not a voter, so we can't put it on him. Right. I think here, – here's something for you. I Nick Saban. Yes, uh-huh. I think he, he's a voter, right? And I don't know. He, what, what's the term that he always uses that he wants to keep out of the program? Oh, what? Rat poison. Yes, the rat poison. He, I think he's putting a little rat poison in Texas since they got a face-off. <laughs> I think so. I mean, you know, <laughs> I saw that and I'm just like, really? And, you know, then all the conspiracy theory – and I haven't seen the votes. I don't know if they publish them or not. Maybe they only publish them in the last It's poll. just the last one, yeah. With, which really doesn't matter because, you know, you have the whole BCS thing anyway. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I saw that, and I'm thinking, huh, look at there. I wonder where that vote came from. And, you know, I, I put a little – I put 10 bucks on it, you know, that it was somebody from Alabama. Um, but, look, Ken and I talked about that game, too. I think that's – and we'll get more into that as it comes along. I think this is going to be – that game's going to be a referendum on Sark's uh, tenure there at Texas because – Moving to the SEC, Alabama has been the standard for the last decade plus. I know Georgia won last year, uh, but that's who you're going against, and that's going to be a measuring stick for where that program is and also kind of the referendum on is Sark the right guy to lead us into the SEC type uh-huh. of thing. So we'll, we'll we'll talk about that more when it gets there. But um, I saw that too. I'm just like, I bet I know where that vote came from. It's uh, one final thing. Bama Bob joining us. Our college football conversations ramping up as we get closer and closer to the season. Bama, I asked you, it happens seemingly every year where a team that starts the season unranked finishes the year in the top 10. We, of course, know here Iowa was the first team right. of the other receiving votes. Penn State, Tennessee, BYU, LSU, some of the teams out there. Is there a team that you've identified that you think has a good chance of, of finishing in the top 10 that was not ranked here in this coach's poll? Wow, well, you know, I... I think I find that the top ten. I think I find a little bit tough. I just don't know about Iowa and Penn State. Those would be the logical ones to me. Mm-hmm. I know Tennessee's getting a lot of love, um, and that could be the one. But they've got 
they do have Alabama and Georgia on the schedule, but if they play those two teams tough, even if they lose, I think, you know, they're going to get some respect if they can win the rest of them. So I might take a flyer on Tennessee, um, you know, LSU, Auburn. I, I know a lot of people are high on Brian Kelly, and but that team was just so devoid of talent last year. I don't know that. I don't know that he's going to be able to rebuild it in one year. I do like him. Um, Auburn, I'm, you know, Auburn's just a mess, I think, down there, uh, at quarterback and everything else. But there's a couple on my ink that might be a little overseeded when I'm looking at this. Uh, you know, is Notre Dame really the fifth best team uh, with a new coach and all the new turnover? I'm not sold on Michigan at six. Um, Oregon with Bo Nix, not a buyer. I like NC State. I think they could jump in, and I think they're going to be tough. And I'm I said it before. I'm all in on Lincoln Riley. I, I just think he's that good, and they've got talent out there. And uh, we'll see how it all develops once they hit the field. But um, I think I'm all in on Lincoln Riley. But to come from out of that into the top ten, if you're going to make me pick, I'm going to say Tennessee because if they can, if they can play Georgia and Alabama close, even if they lose it, if those are the only two games they drop. Uh, even if they don't make the SEC championship game, you know, then I think they've got a they got a shot at being in the top ten with you know two or three losses if they're to the right teams. I got one team that I continue to look at. That's BYU. They have the schedule. Yeah. You know, we talked last year before the year about Cincinnati. They had the schedule because they got to play Notre Dame. They had Indiana, who we thought maybe was going to be good. That didn't play out, but they at least had the schedule that you look at. I don't think BYU is going to run the table, but they get Baylor. They go to Oregon. They get Notre yep. Dame in Vegas. They go to they get Arkansas coming to town. They go to Boise yep. State late in the season. They go to Stanford their last game of the year. If you go and ten Utah. and two, I mean they get yeah. Utah as well. I mean you know, Utah's going to be a good team. If you go ten You're and right. two with that schedule, absolutely they're going to be. I think in the top ten. Now I know it's what happens in the bowl game too, but just keep an eye on BYU. They lost a ton going into last season. I thought they were going to take a huge step back, and they didn't. Satake is. An excellent coach. He's got that program at a level right. we haven't seen in a really long time. The sustainability and the schedule this year, just keep an eye on BYU. And here's another thing. What if BYU with that schedule, they do go even 11-1. and one. Say they slip up once. They, they lose a game to Baylor. But they beat Oregon and Notre Dame and Arkansas and Boise and Stanford. Do they talk about that fourth team? Just... Something to put in the back of your mind, all right, Bama? It's not out of the question. It's not really not. Out of the when you question. look at that schedule, but they they you're right. The schedule is fantastic, but they can't afford more than one slip nope. up. Nope. That's um, it. Because they don't have a conference championship mm-hmm. game this year. Um and it's gotta be the right slip up. You know, Boise State on the road, you know, they do have an SEC team uh on the schedule. That's an interesting game. Uh interesting game and in, you know, when it's played too in, in the middle yes. of October and it's more interesting from Arkansas. Yes. What are they doing? To go in the Yeah, and what are you doing in the middle of the season going out to BYU? But it's you know, it, it proceeds an off week so they'll and then they go to Auburn. So it's uh you're right. BYU's one of those it's gotta be the schedule is there for them to make a run, but it's gotta be they they can't afford more than one loss. All right. Good way to put it. Bama, know you got to run. Hey, appreciate you today. Yep. Anytime, Trent. Appreciate it. That is Bama Bob, our college football insider. He joins us twice during the season on Monday to recap what we just saw and on Friday to preview the upcoming week of games as we 
continue the countdown to college football season. BYU, I'm telling you, their quarterback a year ago, who was banged up a lot, Jaron Hall, he's a guy that can move around. In fact, the first African-American quarterback, starting quarterback in BYU history, that's something there. When he was healthy last year, he was really good. 20 touchdowns against five interceptions, of course, taking over for Zach Wilson. You're looking for a flyer, you're looking for a team. And there's some of those props out there. Teams to make the college football playoff. Not win the whole thing, but to get in. Take a closer look at the Cougars. Again, schedule is a huge component here. We knew Cincinnati last year, they had to go undefeated. They had to go 13-0 to get their shot. I think there's a path. going to need help. You can't have two teams from the SEC with 0-1 or losses. You can't have that. You're going to need power conference teams with multiple losses. We talked about the Big 12. If the champion's 10-3, they're probably on the outside looking in. Same thing. Can you get that out of the Pac-12 where hey, Oregon wins it, but they're 10-3. And And Oklahoma wins it in the Big 12, but they're 10-3. And And you're looking for that fourth team. Okay, Ohio State's in. Georgia's in. We'll even say Clemson's in. And you get one from the SEC. That plays out. You're looking for that fourth team. There's crazier places to look than the BYU Cougars. Coming back on the other side, we go north of the border, our border. No, not up to Canada. We're going to Minnesota. Dane Mizutani is going to join us. We'll talk first place Minnesota Twins as they cling to a game lead over the Guardians. Talked earlier in the program today with Sean Roberts, and uh, we'll get the White Sox in there as well. Some baseball. What's also happening with the Vikings? That's when we come back. Dane Mizutani joins us. It's Miller and Condon on 106.3 KHART Media. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for is now the best time ever to own a single-family rental home in Des Moines. Trent Condon here from my good friends at Renner's Warehouse. And I'm here to tell you, housing prices are falling, but rents are rising. And with low inventories, they're stronger than ever. What does this mean for you? It's not always a seller's market, but it is always a renter's market. Especially when you hire Renner's Warehouse to manage the process for you. With selling, you never know what you're going to get. With renting... You can be confident in your ability to earn monthly cash flow, appreciation, and tax benefits for the long term. And with Renner's Warehouse, you can sit back and collect the money. Tenants, they find the best. Rent, they collect it for you. Maintenance requests, they handle them 24-7. All for just one low monthly flat fee. They'll even warranty your tenants for free. Don't sell. Cash in and rent your home with Renner's Warehouse instead. Find out how much rent your home can get by visiting Renner'sWarehouse.com or call 515-528-4429. RefreshIowa.com The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports with two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circus Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com. Now back to Miller and Condon 
on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hello, Ken today. He's on a burger right now on his way to Vegas. So it's me. But I'm not digging a ditch. No, no, nothing like that. We're talking sports. We're going to talk a little Minnesota sports right now. He is Dane Mizzitani from the St. Paul Pioneer Press, and he joins us here on Miller and Condon. Dane, as always, good catching up with you. Twins holding on to the lead in the American League Central. Of course, we have the Vikings training camp going on, what, day 11 to 12 for the Vikings. And, well, they got the Gophers, too, right around the corner, along with some winter sports. A uh, lot going up in Minnesota as we count down to the end of summer. Have you got any fish again? We know you're Hawaiian, so I don't know if – I know you golf. Do you also fish when you're living up there in the land of 10,000 lakes? I don't fish. I don't have the patience for it. <laughs> okay. I hardly have the patience for golf. So. All right. All right. Well, hey, I'm with you. I'm not a fisherman either, much to the chagrin of my grandpa and my dad. They wanted me to be a fisherman. I just I was the exact same way as you. Not for me. But we got some good sports going on. And we got the Twins. This has been a, a frustrating season at time. But, Dan, if I would have told you back in March – August 9th, this team's in first place. Everybody would have signed up for it. Is it just the way that it's kind of played out? They get out to the early lead. The bullpen has been atrocious. The frustrations. Is it the way that played out that it just doesn't feel like Twins and Twins fans in general really embracing this squad? Yeah, I think so. And I think maybe it was a month ago I was on and we were talking kind of something similar. Just It feels like the lead should be bigger. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Like if at the beginning of the season or if in spring training, February, March, you told any Twins fan, hey, August, mid-August, approaching September, you're you're going to be in first place in the AL Central. I think anyone would have taken it. But it has to be uh, that the expectations changed at some point. And when you look back on, on certain parts of this season, particularly the games against Cleveland and even some games against Chicago here and there, um, it just feels like if you were taking care of business, your lead would be not one, it could be five, it could be six, seven. Um, so I think that's where the frustration lies. Um, I think watching the team kind of throw away games late due to the bullpen, I think that's that's a way to frustrate fans as well. Um, people get invested, think they should win this game, and then all of a sudden in, in you know one or two innings, the, the game is gone. Uh, I will say I think the Twins – got people back on board, so to speak. Um, if there was anybody that was that was teetering, jumping off the bandwagon with with the, the trade deadline and you know going out and getting three quality arms um, that can help in, in this push for what what Twins fans hope is, is holding on for this AL Central title. Um, so I think maybe that's gotten people back on board. Um, but we'll, we'll be it'll be interesting to see how the next month, month and a half plays out. Um, there's another series with Cleveland coming up next month that will be huge. Um, but we'll see. Can they keep their head above water? They've, they've done a, a good enough job to still be in first. Um, but we'll see if, if they, that can last for another month, month and a half. Two games with the Dodgers, and I guess that's the good news, right? It's only a two-game series as opposed to a four-gamer? Right, right exactly. <laughs> um, I think anytime you you play L.A., you, you want to get out of there as quick as possible. Well, after that, it'll be the Angels, and then uh, the West Coast trip will be over. So you mentioned some of the moves that they made. Bringing in Malley, a good, solid pitcher, the guy that's been a lot better away from home than he uh, has been in his home ballpark. Makes sense. He's a fly ball pitcher that pitched 
in the Great American Ballpark, and balls fly out of that place. Feel good about that. What I'm most intrigued with, though, is Jorge Lopez. I know he blew, blew the uh, game a couple of ga- days ago against the Blue Jays, but you put Lopez now with Duran at the back end of that bullpen. That's a one-two punch, a young one-two punch that not people have a dynamic duo like that. I agree, and I think that was what I found the most interesting this year with with Rocco and, and the way he, he used his bullpen is that he was very upfront. We don't have a closer, and I think part of that is probably you know organizational thought, you know, groupthink, and you know we could we feel comfortable throwing anyone in, in any situation. But I think part of it is also we don't have a closer because we don't have a closer. Mm-hmm. Um, we traded Taylor Rogers at the beginning of the year, and I think. Jorge Lopez now stepping into that role, and, and like you mentioned, Duran. Uh, if you can go eight nine with those guys, I think it's it, you turn it into a seven inning game. And maybe there's going to be some bumps in the road here and there, but that's the name of the game in the playoffs. You, you saw it. I think it to me it started with that Kansas City Royals team who who was lights out from six seven eight nine. They turned baseball games into five inning games. If you didn't score on them, and and, and in five innings, you weren't going to score on them and it, <laughs> when they got to their bullpen. I think the Twins have kind of worked that model now with, with bringing Jorge Lopez in. Um, he can throw gas just like Duran can throw gas. So if you can get, you can have that lead and, and get to the eighth inning, you hope that, okay, it's a seven-inning game now because those guys are going to be fine on the back end. Um, so I think that's an interesting thing that the Twins obviously brought in. And then Michael Fulmer kind of felt, you know, flew under the radar, but that guy is a quality arm in the bullpen and, and you took him from Detroit and, and now he's here in Minnesota. Um, it's another guy that just kind of adds some depth to that back end. Um, but yeah, certainly Lopez to me, that was the biggest get uh, of the deadline. Someone that can close games for you. Someone you feel really, really comfortable coming in. I know he blew that save, um, but all in all, he's been spectacular this year. And that's not something that can be said about really any arm in the bullpen uh, besides the Rams. And there were some nickel and dimers there, and that blown. It wasn't like they they were really ripping the right. ball over the yard against him. There are some C and I singles, and that's going to happen too. No matter how how good the closer is, and that certainly is the way that one played out. Hey, let's jump over to the Vikings here in our final couple of minutes. A, a team that I'm struggling getting a read on. I, I'm waiting for that Packers step back. Right now, I've been waiting three years for it, and it still hasn't come. Right. Doesn't matter what changes, they always find a way to thirteen win thirteen games. It feels like every single year. Where are you with this Vikings team? It feels like new coaching staff, new regime. Maybe a guy that Cousins actually respects at the at the front of things. Where are you? Just a big overview of this Viking team. I think I'm higher than most on on the Vikings this year because, like, I, I think their offense is going to be great I, for all. Know, the criticism that Kirk Cousins takes for as, as polarizing as he is, and I am a big critic of Kirk Cousins. Like, I'm very upfront about that. Like I think the offense as a whole is going to be good. You got Dalvin Cook, obviously, and they're going to find ways to use him, not just as running back. They're going to put him, you know, in the slot. They're going to, you know, get him swing passes out of the backfield, get the ball in his hands. And then you got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. I would argue the best one-two punch at receiver in the league. Still, I think people forget Adam Thielen's still a very, very good wide receiver, um, and especially in the red zone. So I think why I feel so good about this team is because the, the offense is going to be good, and I think the defense is going to be improved. I don't think they're going to be one of the worst defenses in the league like they were last year. I think having a pass rush again of, of the Neil Hunter and you bringing in Zedaria Smith, 
I've always said this, your pass rush can make up for a lot of your weaknesses on defense because if you put pressure on that quarterback, it's going to make everything else look better. Um, so I think there, there's some little things that they brought in. Harrison Phillips is a guy who I think might fly under the radar, but I think he's going to be great you know, at, at nose in that new 3-4 scheme. Um, you look at even Jordan Hicks, someone who's going to play alongside Eric Kendricks at linebacker. No, there's depth pieces that, that Quasey brought in with, with the rest of the front office that I think is going to shore up that defense just enough to win you these games because I think the offense is going to be able to score with anybody. So I'm high on the Vikings this year. What does that equate to? Does that, is that 10 wins? Is that 11 wins? I'm not sure. I, I Like you, I think the Packers are going to take a step back because how can you not when you lose a guy like Devontae Adams? But at the same time, you know, there is something to be said about Aaron Rodgers and his ability to prove pretty much anybody back, you know, alongside him. Um, but I think they're 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 due for a step back, and I think if they do, the Vikings could be in position to win the North. Thank you, Dane. We'll do it again soon. Appreciate your time as always. Yeah, anytime. Thanks, Trent. Dane Mizutani from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Give him a follow. He covers the Wild. Does a little Gophers. Does plenty on the Vikings and the Twins. Dane Mizutani, a Hawaiian that went to school at the U up there. And decided to stick around. Boy, I don't get it. Coming from Hawaii to that, uh, he's a better man than me. And watching Minnesota sports on top of it. Oof. It can be rough sometimes. With that, we're due for our final timeout. We'll come back. I got some picks for you. I gave you winners yesterday. It was a winning day. Let's make it two in a row. Let's get off to a good start. I got to get hot because I'm going to Vegas on Thursday we got to get winners. We'll work to get you some when we come back. It's all presented by Circus Sports, my picks of the day, as we continue Miller and Cotton until noon on 106.3. For details, Wolf Construction and Wolf Roofing are currently hiring. What makes Wolf Construction a better place to work is that when we think about developing the whole person is important, whether that person is a new carpenter labor on a job site or that person's a project accountant that works in the office. It doesn't matter who. It becomes more than just a job or a company you show up to. It becomes part of the Wolf family. Competitive pay, excellent benefits, and a $1,000 sign-on bonus. Apply today at Wolf Construction. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports with two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Visit circasports.com for Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. Hope you played with me yesterday because I gave you some winners, a profitable plus 202 units tomorrow. Before we get to my picks today presented by Circus Sports, though, let's go down to, well, just outside of the Kansas City era. Area. He is Russ Carew, the owner of Graphite Construction Group, a big presenting sponsor of our high school sports coverage here on KXNO, and a big Kansas City Chiefs fan, and our Chiefs coverage uh, throughout the year brought to you by Graphite Construction Group. Russ, you got to see some training camp, and sound like things, well, no surprise, looking pretty good down in KC. Thanks for joining me. How are you doing today? Doing well. Doing very well. Let's uh, talk a little bit about what you saw down there in Kansas City. We were texting a little bit the other night. What you've seen from the squad to this point, and 
you're a huge fan, yes, but you can look at it with some uh, discerning eyes. Your takeaways from watching camp? Uh, well, Mitch kind of hit on one of the big ones I saw, which was uh, Frank Clark. That guy mm-hmm. looks reinvigorated. He looks like a literally a different person. Um, young secondary is looking really good. And then the diversity of the offense. Um, Mahomes is throwing balls to everybody under the sun. They're putting wide receivers in the backfield as running backs, splitting running backs out wide as wide receivers. It's just, it looks like orchestrated chaos in the most beautiful way. They, Tyreek Hill's great, right? I mean, this isn't to say that Tyreek Hill, but the dependency at times of him and making the big play and, and the speed. It feels like this is something where Andy Reid and that rest of that offensive staff, maybe they're also reinvigorated. You mentioned that word with Frank Clark, but but maybe them knowing, hey, we don't got this incredible weapon here. We got to work a little bit harder to get to the end game here. Can do you see where the road that I'm going down here? Something that maybe gets the juices flowing for this offensive staff a little bit too. What else can we do to make this offense still as dynamic as it's been? Yeah, I think uh, losing Tyreek, yes, you're losing one of the top three probably wide receivers in the league. Mm-hmm. And the speed is undeniable. The agility, I mean, it's like watching a Madden game where you go from 0 to 100 <laughs> in like half a second mm-hmm. with him. So, yeah, that you lose something like that. You're losing a big piece uh, or you know part of your arsenal. But I think what they are trying to do is reimagine the arsenal itself and kind of how they're playing things. You know, I read a stat oh, last week that um, – most defenses are going to a cover two shell, which is what everyone kind of kept saying last year with the Chiefs is that you just play cover two and then they can't do anything. Well, more teams are going to a cover two shell across the league and are actually blitzing left, which means that you're going to have more guys back. And if you have more guys back, then you really need to evaluate how you're attacking the different levels of the defense. And I think that's what the Chiefs are doing this year. They've got you know, McCole Hardman, who can run the deep ball and try and take some of Tyreek's spot. They've got MVS out there who can, you know, he's a bigger body guy, but he's clock last year is the fastest uh, plays in the league. He was three of the five fastest plays in the league, and the other two were Tyreek Hill. <laughs> um, then you've got Juju Smith-Schuster, who's out there, and he is just, like, grabbing balls like you wouldn't believe. Today I saw a one-handed catch. Yesterday he caught one diving over or around a corner. I mean, that guy is just all over the field, just snagging balls left and right. And then they've got the new rookie, Sky Moore, and he's just the way he cuts out of breaks is just crazy. He just gets open, and he's not fast. He looks like a running back out there almost, but he definitely has the ability to find some grass. And then they've got a couple of players coming back, not to mention they have still, you know, the grandparents of the family there, with Travis Kelsey, mm-hmm. who's, you know, 32, I think now. But I think they're just going to try and reimagine the entire offense and how they attack everyone. So one final thing, Russ Grew joining us. He's down uh, at Kansas City Chiefs training camp and our presenting sponsor of our Chiefs coverage throughout the year here on Miller and & Condon. And that is uh, the experience for a fan. For and There's Chiefs fans here in the market, maybe that have never made it down there for training camp what would be your suggestion? What, what's the way? What's the best way to kind of to get involved and be able to see everything that's happening down there from the fan perspective? Well, you know, it's in St. Joe, so it's about an hour north on 29 from Kansas City. And it's really nice. It's a little college town. Um, they 
pre-sell the tickets, so you have to go and get them through the Chiefs app, and then um, and then you go there five bucks to park, and you can they have a huge play area for kids, so it's fun mm. if you have your wife, you know, go with you, and you can flip flop back and forth with watching kids, and that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have a fan experience where you can actually like go in like a three D thing, like you're running out of the tunnel at Arrowhead. Um, and then they have bleachers kind of set up around. They have two fields side by side. And so they have a bigger bleacher area um, kind of on the main entry. And then they have a bunch of smaller ones set around the sides of it. And you just kind of go there and you can watch them go beginning then to practice about two and a half hours. Um, and then the best is if you sneak out afterwards and you go eat in St. Joe, then you might run into some players, kind of like what happened with us yesterday. <laughs> yeah, you said that. Got to see a couple of guys out there, including Harrison Bucker, and he might have uh, some trouble keeping on to that kicking job after that 65-yarder we uh, we saw from uh, the safety the other day. That that was absolutely incredible. But, hey, Russ, always appreciate your time. Good catching up with you, and it's football season right around the corner. We know we'll be talking plenty of Chiefs football with you here in the coming months. Thank you so much. Sounds good. Thanks, Trent. Appreciate it. Russ Grew, he is the owner-operator at Graphite Construction Group and a presenting sponsor of our high school football and sports coverage on KXNO along with the Kansas City Chiefs all throughout the year. Before we get out of here, i got to give you some games. i got four of them here today, four baseball games, three dogs and one favorite. KXNO. Win Iowa Cubs sweet tickets with the Morning Rush, presented by Betfred Sports. Never miss a bet with Betfred Sports, proud partner of the Iowa Cubs.